0: Guests on the horn appear courtesy of the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina
1: Hotline. Vaqueros now delivers and offers curbside pickup. For info on placing your lunch or dinner order, visit vaqueroscafe.com. Hook 'em up with E and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the horn. Hook them up on a chilly Thursday morning. Beautiful conditions set for Saturday's game day with the Longhorns in K-State looking like uh, as good as it gets. You've suffered through some miserable September home games uh, when it was triple digits and uh, 150 degrees on the field for uh, the Rice game. Won't be the case on Saturday. It's going to be lovely and uh, just perfect. Crisp conditions, uh, a little warmer than even today. And then temperatures into the middle 70s for Saturday. But uh, we'll get there. Also, uh, coming out of our, our What the Facts segment, Rod, it is a fact facts. You, you and I will be uh, out tonight. Out tonight. Uh, it is a Thursday of a home game, which means Rod and I join our friends from Brown Distributed and Bud Light and hang out at a local spot. And, give away some college football tickets and have some uh, great conversation with Patrick Davis on the sports complex. That'll be coming your way tonight. Five to seven. We will be in Round Rock at third base, third base in Round Rock, Rod. Uh, Hold it down. Doing great stuff and talking to Patrick and getting you ready for Texas and Kansas state. That'll be third base in Round Rock five to seven, giving away college football tickets. Bud Light uh, specials as well. So come on out. We're looking forward to it. That's where I thought it was last week, Rod. But then they moved it down to your neck the of back the woods, the backspin. Yeah. Uh, but now we're heading back out there. So uh, excited to be there uh, and see the folks out in uh, Williamson County. And uh, so come see us, 5 to 7 tonight. Third base, I-35 in Round Rock. Uh, 3107 is the actual street address. Just throw that in your – you know, if you know where it's at, come on and join us. If you don't, that's where you, you can find us mm-hmm. at third base today. We're also back on uh, on the streams. Um, I, I might need a little more light, Rod. I'm looking at mine right now. Mine's <laughs> a little, My, dark, right little dark. Yeah. Well, I don't have a lot of light People in People can't room. see you. That's okay. Mm. Uh, do a, do a shadowy little, a little thing little. here, but, uh, uh, the sun will come up and then we'll get some natural light here in the, uh, the Onion Creek, South Austin studios. Yes, sir. Where we're broadcasting from, but we do have it back up on Twitch, also on uh, the YouTube channel and uh, you can see Rod pretty clearly. I got a bright light for him, but uh, not for me over here, but, uh, we're rolling and we got a lot to do. Rod has a rant coming up. What are we ranting on today?
2: Uh, thinking about getting to some uh some Texans and some Cowboys. Okay. Uh just to get some NFL topics though. And I know we're talking talking lot about Texas K State. We'll get back to that conversation, but uh I got some nuggets for Cowboys and for the Texans fans out there. Mostly about the run game. Uh, for the Cowboys. Your Tony Pollard complaints. Um, As a that's, fantasy
1: owner of Tony Pollard yeah, and uh, in another league that. of uh, Damian Pierce of the Texans, I'm not real pleased. Mm-hmm. I'm not real pleased with our production yeah. that we're getting out of our running game uh, in either spot. And the Cowboys are going to need that in their, their trip to uh, Philadelphia on Sunday, obviously. There's no doubt. I don't, I don't know that we've had a better... Saturday Sunday combination of NFL college football matchups because they're great all day Saturday, and then Sunday it'll start at eight thirty in the morning from Germany with the Chiefs and the Dolphins. No, that's I mean, a
2: must watch
1: television. <laughs> Patrick nah, Mahomes against Tua, Tyree Kill against his former team. It's going to be great. Uh, Travis Kelsey is Taylor Swift going to Germany? Do we know this? She needs to because they don't perform well when she's not there. At least <laughs>
2: Travis Kelsey doesn't. I mean his the, the stats are glaring. I mean it's when he's when she's in attendance. I think he is double his receiving yard production when she is anywhere in the in the building screaming for him so she should she should travel I know she's done with her tour she's probably tired but she needs to be there supporting her man <laughs> that would help it would help the Kansas City Chiefs because they don't have enough receivers either so if Travis Kelsey has an off game they don't have any receivers there to kind of pick up the slack offensively
1: they do not, uh, and they did not make a trade at the deadline as uh, we advised, and it didn't happen. They, may, I'm sure they tried, but could not. That McCole Hardman, I mean, I guess technically that was at, that
2: wasn't at the deadline, but that was a trade they made for the wide receiving core. I did hear, though, I believe it was, man, if I'm not mistaken, it was maybe Diana Rossini. I heard an NFL insider say that the Cowboys told her that they tried. They didn't say what position they tried with, but they tried. So, there you go, Cowboys fans. They tried. They tried. They tried. Uh, we just takes, don't know how hard they
1: tried, and we don't know exactly the specificity of, of what the they effort. were looking for. Yes, uh, they looked into it, yeah. and it didn't come out. Yeah. So, by the way, the five teams that have now not won a World Series, now that the Rangers have checked that off, the, off their off their list. Uh, Rangers get it done. The San Diego Padres, Rod, the Milwaukee Brewers, the Tampa Bay Rays, mm. the Seattle Mariners, and the Colorado Rockies are the five ball clubs in Major League Baseball that have not won a championship. That's the list. That's the list. That's it? That's it. (sighs) Anybody, who's the closest out of that group? To winning one Tampa, Tampa. or Milwaukee won their division. Mm -hmm. Uh, San Diego spends a bunch of money. And they're trying, right, with Juan Soto and Manny Machado. They haven't given up. Uh, Fernando Tatis. And uh, mm-hmm. they got an expensive payroll, but they haven't uh, put it together yet. You, I guess you would argue they have the most talented roster of those teams. Uh, but, no, Seattle's now got to go through Houston and Texas uh, to try to get there. Uh, so I would say Seattle you know, and Tampa – even with their payroll and their no-fan base, they win that division. Or they're in the mix, beating the Yankees and Red Sox pretty consistently now. But uh, uh, probably the Rays and the uh, Padres are the closest to winning a World Series. Uh, appreciate that. Uh, folks sent that along on on the Twitter machine, so we appreciate it. Let's get to the headlines. Sarah. Top stories on a Thursday. Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment bring you the top stories each and every morning here on Hook'Em Up. We'll start with baseball. History in the desert last night. Nathan Evaldi pitched six gritty shutout innings, and after their bats were silenced for six innings of their own, Mitch Garver broke a scoreless tie for the Rangers with an RBI uh, single in the seventh. They scored four more in the ninth, and the Rangers took a 5-0 lead to the bottom of the frame, looking to close out the franchise's first-ever World Series championship. After a strikeout and a foul out, Josh Boers, the right-hander, worked Cattell Marte into a full count in their 63rd season. It's happened. The Texas Rangers win the World Series! There it was. Congratulations to the Rangers. They are the champs in five games. Corey Seager named the World Series MVP. Second time he's brought home that award. Nathan Ivaldi, the first pitcher ever to win five games or more in one postseason as a starter. And skipper Bruce Bochy, just the sixth manager ever to win four World Championships. And that's a credit to Chris Young and ownership, Ray Davis. They were determined to to get winning baseball back to the Texas Rangers. And when we met, that's what we talked about. That's what they talked about to me. And, and they did everything they said they were going to do. They went out and got starting pitching, uh, improved the club. We had young talent coming up. I knew this was a good ball club. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm, I'm very fortunate, blessed, uh, you know, to, to come into this. It's such a great group of guys. And, but it's, it starts at the top. And those guys were committed. And, look, we're, we're in a good place now say the least. College football, 7th ranked Longhorns in a good place as they continue their game week prep for a showdown game with 23rd ranked Kansas State on Saturday. Both teams enter the contest at 4-1 in the Big 12, part of that 5-way tie atop the conference as we start November. Certainly see some uh, clarity and separation on Saturday. Longhorns face Wildcats at 11 a.m. 2.30, it's 4-1 Oklahoma State facing 4-1 Oklahoma in Bedlam. Maybe the final Bedlam for a long, long time, maybe ever. Then Saturday night, 4-1 Iowa State will host 3-2 Kansas in Ames. Big 12 weekend kicks off tonight in Lubbock. Thursday night contest between the Red Raiders and the TCU horn Frogs at 6 o'clock tonight. Meanwhile, major developing news out of the Big Ten. According to ESPN's Pete Thamel, a vast majority of... The Big Ten's conference's head coaches expressed their frustration with the ongoing signal-stealing scandal at Michigan. And they had a video call, 90-minute call, with league commissioner Tony Petitti last night and encouraged him to take immediate action against Jim Harbaugh on the program. The call was described as both intense and emotional. The NCAA has been investigating Michigan for nearly two weeks. NFL weekend kicks off tonight in Pittsburgh. The 4-3 and Steelers, those the 3-4 and Tennessee Titans, who now have Will Levis at quarterback for them. Their second-round pick in last April's draft through four TDs in his debut this past Sunday in a win over Atlanta and the NBA Mavericks of Dallas off to a 4-0 start first time in nearly 20 years they've done that they beat the Bulls last night Rockets here in their first win of the year they beat Charlotte and sad news from basketball word that coaching legend Bobby Knight has passed away at 83 he won uh, three NCAA titles in Indiana four decades of coaching and he was the winningest coach in the one of the winningest coaches in the sport finished with 902 career victories 42 seasons at Army Indiana and Texas Tech coached the U.S. Olympic team to a gold medal in 1984. Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Gobble
0: up discounts this month by getting 5% off any rental or purchase of steel outdoor power equipment by donating two non-perishable food items from Capital Area Food Bank. TopGun.net will shoot you straight. Congratulations to all the Rangers
2: fans out there. Um, I mean, that's once-in-a-lifetime stuff for your team to not only win win a World Series, but win their first championship, their first title. We just talked about getting off of the, getting away from the uh, the re- the rejected group of uh, teams in your respective sport who have not won a title at all, and the Rangers did it in such a dramatic fashion. Right, 11 and zero on the road, uh, which by the way, I think the winning percentage on the road was was the highest ever in the Wild Card era. In terms of postseason teams winning on the road, of course the Astros and the Rangers probably contributed to that more than uh, any other teams in the, uh, the playoffs, but uh, it, it was phenomenal what they did. I read the stat earlier. They were plus 42 in run differential on the road
1: in the postseason
2: which was also a record. I think they almost beat the record
1: by, like, ten runs. Well, and, and for the Ranger fans, I mean, outside of the Astros series, there was very little drama. I mean, they weren't tested. I mean, they mowed through the Rays. They mowed through the Orioles. When, you know, they never. They only faced one elimination game, or two, actually against Houston. Houston. Uh, but, you know, so that, that was white-knuckle stuff for the Rangers, but in the end, um, a lot of times in a, in a run, you got to go through multiple mm-hmm. phases of stress. Uh, Ranger fans, man, it was just, a, and once they got through Houston and I mean they cruised into Houston and then once they got through that uh, it was on so I think it's pretty clear at least for this year uh, best two teams in baseball were in Texas and that'll make next year a lot of fun because it's the two the last two champs coming after it and uh, I don't think the Astros are planning to back down Rangers certainly will not they're going to plan to get better and you know there's a chance they could get Jacob DeGrom back at some point next year keep that in mind yeah Uh, you know he'll begin a rehab and that kind of thing from his Tommy John but, uh, yeah, congratulations to the Rangers and to our friends out at the Round Rock Express, Chris Almondaris and Reed Ryan and uh, Tim Jackson, that whole team. Uh, they certainly are a big part of that. That's the, the stepping stone for 14 different members of the team who are in Round Rock at some point, and a lot of them this year, man, coaches and players. So congrats to the folks at the Round Rock Express. Be part of what goes on. They'll celebrate that championship tomorrow in Arlington uh, with, the, with the Rangers as well. So, Rod, I mentioned five teams have now never won a World Series. There's 12 teams that have never won a Super Bowl. 12, It's a big number.
2: That's a huge number. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, now we've got to go look at the NBA and see how many teams in the NBA have never won uh, a title. <laughs> um, in the NFL, there are can, 12. the least.
1: You yeah. said there are tw- five in Major League Baseball now? Well, there are four that have never been there to a Super Bowl. Houston, of course. Well, yeah, they're too young. Uh, well, well not too young, but they well, the Oilers didn't get there either. So we go back young. to the Bud Adams Oilers. The Houston, yeah. since the 60s, has never sniffed a Super Bowl. No. Thank you very much. Uh, Houston, Jacksonville, Detroit, and Cleveland have never been there. Mm. Uh, teams that have been there but not won it. The L.A. Chargers, formerly the San Diego Chargers, Tennessee Titans. Uh, they Vikings. came up one yard shy. Remember Kevin Dyson? Yeah. The goal line with Steve McNair against the Rams and the yep. greatest show on turf. Remember that. Uh, Arizona Cardinals have been there but never won it. Carolina Panthers have been there twice and not won it. Uh, Atlanta Falcons have been there twice and not won it. Oh, man, don't bring up that year. 28-3. to 3. Ouch. Mm. That West stings. Shannon, Cincinnati West Bengals Shannon. have been there I three was... times and not won it. Yeah, you're right. Uh, including the most recently with Joe Burrow. Buffalo and Minnesota have been to the Vikings. Super Bowl four times yeah. and not won the thing. Yeah, well, Buffalo was four in a row. Four in a row. Gosh, Marv Levy. Four in a row. Gosh, Marv Levy. Dominated. Ran into the that Cowboys and, and a <laughs> couple of those, right? The Giants, right? Yeah. The Giants Scott Norwood. Don't uh, say Scott Norwood. Man. Wide right. Dad, that, that, we don't talk about how heartbreaking
2: that is. Four in a row.
1: That's brutal. That's brutal. What
2: are the odds of not getting any of them?
1: And one of them, you had a game winning kick. Uh-huh. All you do is make a field goal. Mm. Uh, one of them, they got pasted by the Cowboys, and it was yeah. never close. But uh, uh, Minnesota Vikings went there four times, too, and never won it. And mm. uh, they were not consecutive, but they were in a pretty similar time frame uh, with, with uh, Fran Tarkenton and those teams.
2: It the pe- Purple People? Purple heaters? People,
1: eaters, yeah. Wow. Uh, four trips to never win it. So those are the 12 NFL teams of the 32. That's a lot. Uh, that you know, is a, that's a big number.
2: I mean, that's a huge number. I didn't realize it was that many.
1: It is. Wow. Well, I mean, a couple of the, of the teams are kind of new. Jacksonville and Carolina, and, new to the whole considering thing.
2: Considering how Carolina's only been around, what, since what, the early 2000s? When did Carolina come around? Or, no, maybe mid-90s. Carolina mid-90s,
1: yep. Mid 90s, Carolina and Jacksonville came, came on at the same uh, time. They've already been to two Super Bowls? Mm-hmm.
2: That's pretty impressive.
1: Well, they went early, remember, with Tom Coughlin? Yeah. Uh, because remember, when, 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 uh, when they came in, they almost made it too easy. Yeah, uh, because you know,
2: Jacksonville and the Panthers made the playoffs right within the first, year first year, or first two yeah,
1: years. Yeah, because Easy. Tom Coughlin took yeah. over Jacksonville, and then you had uh, in Carolina, it was uh, Dom Capers. Yeah, and those teams, and man, they gave them a bunch of draft picks and capital and free agency, uh, and. Remember, the owners realized, man, we gave them too much. Uh, <laughs> and so when the, when the Cleveland Browns <laughs> came back online, remember when the Browns came back on in the late 90s after they had moved to Baltimore and they gave them a new team? They made it brutal. Oh, they made it and, tough. And Cleveland was their own worst enemy, too, with a lot of draft picks. But um, they made it really tough. But, yeah, I mean, when I think about the, the teams, those two are pretty recent. But, man, Houston, Detroit, Cleveland, yeah, I don't know how Detroit. the Chargers with the Spanos family, the Cardinals with Bidwells, the Bengals with the with the Brown family, Buffalo, Minnesota. These go way back, man. Yeah. These are old, old school no AFL excuse, teams. There's no excuse for the Detroit Lions either. Man. Or the Come Houston on. team. Come on, man. Yeah, the Houston teams, you're
2: right. Yeah, embarrassing. Point. Yeah, the Texans, I would give them a bit of a pass because they're like, what, like 20 some years old? 21. Same years age old. as my daughter. So, yeah, they're not that old, <laughs> but yeah, Love Your Blue should have been there at least once. And they had, they had multiple chances dang it it. dang
1: it (laughs) (laughs) they had multiple chances it's It's okay my man no it's not okay it's not okay we're not not gonna get there this year either but uh, (laughs) cowboys want to get there let's get to uh we're talk some texas football coming up the longhorns coming up today we know at 11 sark will have his uh weekly thursday uh availability so we'll hear more about malik murphy and his development towards this game game plan for the longhorns coming up but right now let's get a rant from rod nfl related
0: All right, let's talk
2: about uh, the Cowboys just a little bit and the running game. Man, we talked about the passing game prior to the bye week and during the bye week and how they had to use more modernized concepts and cheat codes to make the... Yeah, uh, just to, to make life easier on Dak Prescott and to get the football, to force feed the football and weaponize CeeDee Lamb. They did that, actually. They did all of those things, and the passing game looked a lot better. I'm just not sure if the running game has experienced the same boost that the passing game recently did. Hopefully that continues. Um, but I think a lot of the passing game is just getting the ball to CeeDee Lamb. Defenses will adjust, and then other guys like Brandon Cooks and Jake Ferguson, I think they'll get favorable matchups, and they'll get one-on-ones. So they can win those, too. So the passing game is getting better. What about the running game? The, if Tony Pollard doesn't eh, doesn't take his game to the next level and doesn't start to become more of an impact player, I think the, the running game is going to continue to suffer. I'll give you a couple of stats. Tony Pollard last season he ranked first in uh, he ranked, actually he was he was first in yards after contact per touch. He was second in explosive play rate. That was runs of 10-plus yards, and he was 18th in uh, missed tackles force per touch, which is still pretty damn good. At least he's up there toward the top. Now, in each of those metrics, he is 28th, 20th, and 33rd in all of those metrics when you look at running backs who qualify. And I know he's coming off the injury, so that's a big part of it too, so I'm not – saying it's all on him, and a lot of it could be on the O-line as well. Um, but he is definitely not performing at a really high level. He's just not the same explosive back. And a, a lot of it may be the fact that – I'm not going to say he's being overused, but he's not used to this type of burden and this usage as a bell cow, you know, main uh, – you know, basically their bell cow of main focus running back. He's just not used to that. He's used to being kind of a complimentary piece. And I'm not saying he can't do it. Uh, We've seen him do it situationally. We've seen him do it in different games, different matchups. But remember, that was only one week. Uh, If you go look at it, uh, his best games last season, almost all of Pollard's high-efficiency games came when he had under 20 touches, total touches, receptions, or carries. And there was only one week where he had a greater um, missed tackles force per touch, if you go look at it, and basically over three yards after contact per touch and, and more than 20 touches. Right? So, only one of those games where he was really, really explosive and also got high usage. Usually, he's really, really explosive with lower usage. This season, he started the uh, season with 16 thirty two and twenty six touches and his last three games you will look at it um, you know that's also something that's increased I, I think coming off the injury I think it's pretty clear that coming off of that injury mm, he's just not the same player
1: when it comes to his explosive potential. Well, that's been what I've noticed the most. And it's almost like last year when Zeke was starting and he didn't look explosive, and then they'd bring in Tony Pollard and he'd look explosive. Yes, he's a complimentary piece. Yeah, he'd come in and all (laughs) of a sudden you're like, man, who's this guy? Uh, He's getting six, seven yards a carry. This guy's a big play waiting to happen. And then this year, when you watch the Cowboys, Pollard, he had a good first game. Uh, We had two touchdown rushing. Both were from the goal line against the Giants. His best game was against Arizona. Went for 122 yards, over five yards a carry. Um, But – the other games, it's Rico Dowdle who comes in and looks more explosive. Dowdle comes in, and it's like, oh wow, there's some there's some juice. Yeah, I wonder if it's a combination of the injury and maybe he did put on some weight in the off season to try to get bigger, to handle the the rigor of being the number one back. I don't know. He just didn't. Mean, I don't. You, Cowboy fans can disagree with me. I just don't see the same explosive back. And I remember last year times talking about he's kind of Christian McCaffrey light in what he can do you know, with his oh. shake, with his ability to create big plays his in the passing time. game and the running game, no his doubt. versatility. And you could see why the Cowboys, you know, were, we're looking to move on from Zeke. He just hasn't looked that explosive this year. Uh, maybe it comes. Maybe he picks it up here. Still a half a season to play uh, with an opportunity. But uh, he to this point, he has not looked like that player.
2: Yeah. And like I said, I think a big part of it is just right now a combination of, of course, the injury. I think that's a big part of it. But then the usage. He's through seven games. He has 134 touches. 56 more than he had through seven games last season. Now, that was expected, but I'm with E. I don't know if he put on the proper body armor, if you will, whether that be weight or whether that be more muscle mass, whatever it takes. Coming off the injury, that's tough too. Usually coming off an injury, guys don't get heavier coming off an injury, usually they come in lighter because they don't want to put too much of a burden. They don't want to put too much weight on whatever that injury, especially when you're talking about lower body injury. So with, with Tony Pollard right now, I think the Cowboys, that's why getting a running back before the trade deadline wouldn't have been a bad idea. Um, but I think a lot of his, his issues are due to the usage, and it's not over usage. It's just for him, it's something that he's not accustomed to. But it's not over usage. If he's going to be a bell cow main course running back, those, I mean, that's the kind of attention you give him. And something else that, that somebody brought up to me that I thought was interesting as to why Tony Pollard's usage and carries may be off because the Cowboys have played such weird games. The running game can't get in sync because they're either blowing somebody out or they're being blown out or it's a weird situation. How about that? Six of the first seven Dallas games have been decided by 12 or more points this season. They were up twenty six three early in the second quarter against the Rams before winning forty three to twenty. One of those kind of unique stores, unique scores. But they've had these games where either they're blowing a team out. You've talked about this too. They're blowing a team out, or you know, not forty ers They're being blown out, or it should be it's closer than it needs to be against the Cardinals. They just had strange performances and offensively, and they haven't really needed the run game to be uh, consistent. Um, because oh, if, they, if they're if they up big, well, you know what? They're up big. It's not a big deal if the running game's not working. They're just trying to choke out the clock. Um, and you go look at it against the, the Eagles, I think you're going to need the running game more than ever because the, the Eagles have – They're multi-dimensional. They can hurt you with the running game, whether that be the quarterback running game or just traditional running game. They can hurt you with the passing game. We know that Jalen Hurts um, threw the air with Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. That's one of the best um, and most explosive passing games in the NFL. I'll throw this out there, though. Um, The the last time the Eagles played uh, Dallas, Dak Prescott, you know, even though he had a pick six and six sacks, he threw for nearly 350 yards. Um, And remember, he had that that uh, 30, that third and 30 in the fourth quarter. um and it led Dallas to a 40-34 win. Dak is 3-0 versus Nick Sirianni since 2021. Don't know what that is. It is what it is. I, it, he's, he's throwing, what, 11 touchdowns and one interception in those games. Dak shows up for the division. He does. This is a divisional game, so I think Cowboys fans should be optimistic. Dak's going to have a good game, but it's the running game now that I'm worried about holding back the offense.
1: Yeah, and they're going up against the number one rush defense in the league uh, in Philadelphia. Uh, they're they're susceptible. Was- they're, the, the Eagles are 25th you know, in passer rating allowed, so you can anticipate Dak having, having some – some good games here, are having a good game Sunday afternoon. But uh, the rush offense, which hasn't been great, is running into one of the best fronts, if not the best front they'll see. in San Francisco, obviously, threw a blanket over the Cowboys' defense the last time they played a, a top-end defense like this. But uh, the Niners are good in both levels. They've gotten shredded the last couple weeks. But uh, the Eagles are susceptible to the pass, not the run. Uh, and they also oh. rush the passer very well. They can put you in pass rush uh, situations. And, you know, one of the big factors there is the rookie, Jalen Carter. I mean, he is just a problem. Uh, at the line of scrimmage. You got to oh, deal with man. him. They just had Aaron Donald last week. Now you're dealing with Jalen Carter, one another, you know, the emerging um, you know, defensive tackle out of out of Georgia. His BGO
2: is some of the best in the league. His ball get off. He is so quick
1: with well, his ball get yeah, off. It's part of a tremendous Saturday and Sunday of college and pro football. We got games all day Saturday that matter in a big way, including Texas and K State. We'll talk about that coming back. Uh, preview what Sark may be talking about today: it is availability. Longhorns getting ready for K State. Uh, two really physical football teams at the stadium: Cowboys and Eagles. And not much love lost there. The rivalry game coming up Sunday afternoon. Part of a great Sunday of the NFL. We'll get some bullish or BS for the end of the hour. That's Rod's rant brought to you by Apple Leasing. Coming right back. Hook them up on uh, 101.9 AM 1260. Streaming on the Horn app. Also at hornfm.com.
2: One, two, one, two, three.
1: Aaron Hogan, Rod Beavers, hook them up. 101.9 AM
0: 1260, The Horn. Hook them, hook down, baby,
1: y'all cast Look them up on a Friday, that is right, uh, the day before Friday. We call it Friday. We're into the weekend. we got football tonight, Big 12 style, TCU and Texas Tech. Also have the Titans and Steelers in the NFL. Rod, we heard in the headlines the call from Fox's Joe Davis. Can we hear the call from Eric Nadell on Ranger Radio last night? Of course, we carry the Rangers. We're your home for the Rangers here in Austin, the flagship uh, or in the capital city. Of course, the flagship station up in Dallas. And uh, Eric Nadell, the Hall of Fame broadcaster, longtime play-by-play voice, I believe we have the uh, the final out, the strikeout from Josh Spores of uh, Cattell Marte last night. Can we hear this there, T.Y.?
0: Spores kicks and fires. He struck him out looking! It's over! It's over! The Rangers have won the World Series! Ranger fans, you're not dreaming! The Rangers are the World Series champions!
1: 52 years in Texas, 63 years of the franchise. The wait is over, and the celebration has begun. Straight up 8 o'clock in the Mountain Standard Time Zone, 11 o'clock on the East Coast, 10 o'clock back home in Texas.
0: Josh Spores wraps it up. And the Rangers are your World Series champions. Can you believe it?
1: There it was last night on Ranger Radio. Good stuff. Uh, congratulations to all the Rangers fans out there nice. who have uh, long awaited uh, One in the win column mm. for a championship. And the Rangers did it last night. Five games. They go right through the Arizona Diamondbacks, who were no match for that Ranger lineup. No. It's After been a long road. The Astros it's been a long road, Ty, uh, and you're, you're of the younger set. I know a lot of Ranger fans a lot older than you that have been waiting for this for a long, long time. Our friend Gene Watson, who's now with the Chicago White Sox, and uh, gosh, who do I, I think is so many of my buddies that are huge Ranger fans, have been all their lives, and uh, uh, they now get the, get the feeling right, get the feels.
2: No, it, yeah, Ty hadn't had to wait that long. You <laughs> got to so many other yeah, uh, man. rear rangers fans who were who are around you know back in the, the the 80s and the 90s and something like that oh, so I, uh, congrats to
0: i learned fans. a good lesson last night it's just or through my childhood you know we had to, with the 2005 national championship for texas a few baseball championships the mavericks in 2010 and i was still pretty young for that and you just can't take winning for granted because it, it, you never i, I could have never won a championship again so i'm gonna i'm gonna be humble but i'm gonna enjoy this for for, for some time at least until next you season should. starts.
1: You're going to be humble? Is that what you said? <laughs> I, I love it. I'm going to try to be. No, I mean, yeah. hey, look, I mean, uh, uh, it is cool for me as a huge baseball fan my whole life that um, the, the state of Texas now owns the sport Damn right. for the most part. And, uh, you know, the Astros run will, uh, you know, to ended by the Rangers, which is fitting on my mind. And now the, they can go at it. And as you said, Rod, the, the best rivalry, one of the best rivals in sports now moving forward will be Easily. Rangers-Astros. It's yeah. on.
2: I mean, how many, can, how many rivalries have had back-to-back champions in it? I mean, it's very rare. It happens, but we've talked about it. I mean, that's far and few between you get something like that. So it's, uh, it's, now you've got the, the arms race that's about to take place between these two teams because I think the Astros, even though they've won a, they've won a championship already, so they've proven they got championship DNA, but now the Rangers are no longer – little brother you can't even there's no that's you can't even bring up and play that card anymore they got a title that'd be like Texas trying to play that card against the Aggies the Aggies won a title can't do that
1: but you know it's the Atlanta, <laughs> it's the Atlanta Braves that have opened as the early Vegas favorites to win the World Series next year I could see that talent man <laughs> that young talent they had a ton of them <laughs> they just didn't get it done and yeah. I, I'm watching that series with the Rangers nothing against them but once they got through the Astros I still don't know how the Snakes how the how they beat the Phillies I just don't there's not much on that Diamondbacks team that is, is all that impressive? Zach Gallen was great last night for six, you know, perfect innings, and got a little, get a little, little testy when the Rangers couldn't get anything going. Uh, but she kind of finally, because you know, Nathan Eovaldi was you know pitching out of bases loaded jams and being gritty and finding his way to keep it the scoreless. But um, that 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 Diamondbacks team was way ahead of schedule to be there, and now they'll come back next year with some some experience there. But uh, the Braves won 104 games; they're now the favorites to come back and win it next year. Plus 650. Uh, so it's pretty, you know, they're the favorites, but that tells you how wide open it is next year. Dodgers are the next, by the way, uh, in the National League. The Texas teams that met in the ALCS are the next. The Astros are plus 900, and the recently crowned Rangers are plus 1,000. Might not be a bad yeah. bet to go put a 1, thousand, a hundred bucks on a. Plus yeah, 1,000 on the to they got to get guys back once they get healthy. I haven't
2: looked at who's, you know, obviously signed up for – Max Scherzer's uh, back years, next year. they got to
1: get some guys back. Evaldi's though. back for another year. Yeah. Um, those are older pitchers, and they've got some young guys coming too. I mean, uh, and and Jacob DeGrom at some point next year will come back maybe. Seems you know, good he Good value right there. I mean, the only good thing about the Nathan Evaldi thing is that the Tommy John situation came pretty early. So you know he had his surgery and hopefully he can start a rehab and maybe be back by med- middle of next season or, or beyond that. So so we'll fall, we'll watch uh, that story continues and congrats to the Rangers. But um, you know the the big story out there outside of the Longhorns, Rod, getting ready for K State, is this Big Ten coaches call last night where not only was it a according to you know Pete Thamel and some other college football reporting reporters reporting this through their sources, the, with the ninety minute call. Um, 30 minutes of it, Jim Harbaugh was on it, and they were just talking about Big Ten business kind of thing. Oh, yeah. And then Jim Harbaugh hung up, and then the rest of the coaches stayed on, and they spoke freely for about an hour about the situation in Michigan, and it was described as intense um you know it was it was they're frustrated they want Tony Petiti the new new commissioner to act now uh do something now what are we waiting on we know what happened one coach said according to Pete Thamel um do they so, have
2: the evidence though
1: do they have the evidence or
2: are they still gathering the it? yeah I, think I mean
1: Petiti's in a tough spot I mean there's no doubt about finding,
2: it because you don't want to act prematurely and then you know you have to walk things back and then there are lawsuits. you want to have the smoking
1: guns. <laughs> well, and remember, the investigation is being done by the NCAA, and obviously, they can share information with the Big Ten as they go. They take forever, though. But they you take forever. You can't, you can't wait on them. You that's, can't wait on them. That's they, what I've been saying for two yeah, weeks now. The Big Ten needs to take care of themselves yeah. here. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, they they, 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 and now they're. I think their own coaches are saying, "Hey, what are we doing? Yeah, <laughs> uh, we look asleep at the wheel right now. They do. They really do. They look
2: like hey, they look like they're panicked.
1: This is a crisis situation."
2: And you need someone. This is a crisis situation. Yeah, who is great in crisis management? I know this guy is relatively new. How's he? How long has he been on the job? April, since April. So yeah, it's unfortunate, but oftentimes like commissioners are thrown into a crisis situation like this and turmoil early on in their tenure. I think it happened to Adam Silver. He had one. I think he had some stuff like that happen early on for him. Oh, uh, I think he had the. Uh, yeah, he had the Sterling thing, right? I think that was early on in his tenure. Donald Sterling, uh, Donald yes. Sterling thing, yeah, that controversy. Um, hell, Roger Goodell.
1: Well, listen, is I mean, Tony Petiti came it. to that role from Major League Baseball. Uh, you know, he was uh, formerly the chief operating officer of Major League Baseball, so he's been around these type of conflicts, right? These type of A
2: controversy. Well, uh, yeah. So, yeah,
1: I mean, you know, sign stealing scandal, the Astros, and that's what I've said. This is like finding that trash can operation during the year. Like, okay, we have it called. We know it. What do you do about it in real time while they're still playing games? I don't, I mean, I've talked about going immediately to wireless headset, you know, uh, allowed, and you know, make it allowed for your teams. I mean, you could say you don't have to use it, y'all, but for the rest of this year, we're going to allow it. If you want to go to headset communication where your sidelines can talk to your quarterback and your middle linebacker, you know, we're going to usurp the NCAA rule because we need to protect this. And if you want to go to it, go to it. And who Uh, wouldn't use it? I know. That's crazy. <laughs> well, the I mean, again, to go back to the league meetings in the summertime and in the spring, the coaches voted against it. So these same coaches who are bitching about it now, they voted not in favor of going to the headset communication, and um, you know that was where it needs to change. But at the same time, Michigan's going to play Purdue on Saturday night at six thirty. Uh, their their November schedule includes Penn State and Ohio State, and um, you know the, from the reading of this Pete Thamel story, talking. I mean, I was getting sort straight from the coach's sources, uh, but they they want something done. It's time to act collectively. Well, just one coach. It was a a. The uh, uh, way majority of the coaches want something done now. Yeah,
2: you can't wait till you have all the evidence in this situation. If you have enough evidence, um, then you can act. And you may not be acting in terms of punishing Michigan, um, but your idea about the uh, enacting some type of bylaw or changing some bylaw where you can use the headset communication. That's, that's money. I mean, that's gold right there. I, and I don't even know what the downside of it would be. I'm trying to think right. about the downside. And as i said. Not really a
1: downside to it. Well, and if they all go to it, as I've said over and over, and, and Michigan stays playing at this level and go on to win it, it protects them a little bit. That's the best-case
2: scenario right yeah, there. Yeah, at least
1: shows that, okay, yeah. they're still a really good team. And, you know, what if they come back to the pack? I mean, that's uh, – you know, you can't say that is exactly why, but at the same time, you know, you, the, the commissioner is there to protect the whole league. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if, if a majority of the coaches in the league want something done now, he's got to act. It's time to do it. Uh, a, a large majority, by the way, because they all feel like they've been slighted. And as we've said, the NCAA has been, been investigating this for a couple of weeks. And in the three years that Connor Stallions left a paper trail of tickets and purchases of, and going to Michigan opponents and scouting them, oh. the Wolverines have gone 33-3 and 22-1 and in Big 12 play. Wow. In the prior three years, without Connor Stallions on the uh, staff, they were 21-11 overall, 16-8 and in league play. Now this
2: Central Michigan story, too, that has yet to be confirmed, whether he was on their sideline actually scouting Michigan State while they were playing Michigan State. And if that turns out to be true, oh, man. Yeah. You're talking about a truly sophisticated – uh, operation of sign-stealing. And remember that, I think that was a report from Sports Illustrated. It was Ross Dellinger who said he talked to a TCU coach who said they were told it is the most sophisticated sign-stealing operation in the history of the world.
1: Well, look, I mean, and then late last uh, week it came out good. about the, uh, the maybe helping South Carolina with some, some pre- You know, from some evidence or some, you know, scouting of Tennessee and of Clemson, and you got the TCU angle of this, and now you've got you know the pictures of Connor Stallions on the sidelines at a Central Michigan game, acting as a Central Michigan staffer to be able to scout Michigan State back at the first of the year. So I mean, this thing just continues to 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 stair step. And one other quote from the Pete Thamel article at ESPN.com, it says, "I don't think the Big Ten understood how upset everyone was. The tenor of the call was asking the Big Ten to show leadership. The conference and the presidents, an unprecedented." in violation of the rules would require unprecedented action from the Big Ten.
2: How could they not <laughs> – how could they misread the room? I don't know. How, how do they not think those uh, coaches will be upset considering they've had games against Michigan and, and have lost, and they're probably thinking to themselves, those games have been close, oh, man, I had a chance to beat Michigan. I always thought something fishy was going on, whether it was or it wasn't. Um, if you have proof that they were operating outside the rules – uh, yeah, I think the Big Ten should do something. Uh, at least make a statement. They still haven't made a statement. This is a report.
1: That's exactly right. They haven't. It's said almost anything. like they're waiting on the NCAA to uh, oh. to say something. But at the same time, will uh, end of the season. This is the Big Ten coaches saying, "Hey, y'all, don't wait for the NCAA. We got games to play. Games to right play, now. Man. And any any uh, information they've been able to take to find, they still have." Um, you, know, the, the, it's, it's, you know, we can change our signs now. We know that. Same time, uh, it is, is obviously, it's obviously obvious that there's some, a lot of anger uh, and venom within the Big Ten. Yes, All right, we is. come back. When we do, it'll be bullish or B.S. Also, uh, coming up after the top of the next hour, Rod, we're going to talk Texas and K-State, but also our buddy Tyler McComas will jump on, hey. help us preview the other huge game in college football in the Big 12, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Is it the final time? Is it the the last bedlam? Uh, we'll ask Tyler that question coming up. And uh, is Oklahoma, has Oklahoma State improved to us to a level that they can beat this Oklahoma team? We'll talk to him about that because obviously the Longhorn fans will be paying attention to that as well because the winner of that game will come out five and one in the Big Twelve. Longhorns would like to be there as well. We'll talk about it. Talk we'll about up with Ian Rodby, Aaron Hogan.
0: Rod Babers, hook come up. 101.9 AM 1260.
1: The Horn. Rangers are world champions of baseball. Free. And the weekend begins tonight in college and pro football. Appreciate everybody weighing in on the text line. The number 512-447-3776. Somebody who was either watching on Twitch or YouTube. Wanted to know where I got the what did he say the uh, where'd you get that big beautiful picture of the Astrodome behind you? That is nice. Yeah, I shit. actually ordered that when we moved into this house. I told yeah. him, uh, found it online because we moved in and this is a kind of a front room. It's kind of my little man cave area, mm-hmm. and um, that's where I spent COVID, Rod. When I had COVID for the oh, one yeah. time. Oh yeah, this was all your this was studio. The bare, yeah, this was, well, yeah, this was where I lived <laughs> for about a week right through Christmas. I got I got I got COVID uh, just two years ago right like the twenty second. OK, so oh, I, man. I, uh, right through Christmas and New Year. Oh, that terrible. sucks. But uh, this is where I lived. And so, yeah, that, that we had a big wall to fill. I'm like, well, I'm going to buy a great piece of art, but I'm just going to get the Astrodome where I grew up going to games. That's great picture. So I'm going to count
0: how many times uh, he mentions the Astros today on, on my day.
1: I'm just telling you i got a text about a guy that want to know about the picture I'm sure, I'm how sure. many times have we mentioned the rangers why did i open we, how did i open we the should
0: segment? we should open every they, segment with, yeah with, they,
1: they did win the world series i just mentioned we, that. we are the home
2: <laughs> of the texas
0: rangers mm-hmm. it's okay yeah, I, i'm gonna be humble that's true it's got i had to throw that in there i've noticed i've noticed
1: there. Well, just uh, mentioning that we got yes, a text sir. from a guy who wanted to know that, that question or have an answer, so I answered it to you. Yeah, uh, Ordered that online so you could do your same. Uh, congrats to the Texas Rangers and all our friends who Damn are right. Ranger fans. Damn right. Let's, uh, let's keep it rolling, though. What are you bullish or BS on today, guys? I mean, what's uh, can the Rangers repeat? You bullish on that, T.Y.? You feel, feeling good about a bullish Ranger repeat in 20 and 24? I mentioned they're plus 1,000 right now.
0: Um, Vegas is- I, I don't. I don't think the front office nor, near nor the ownership are satisfied. Um, I'm sure they'll be happy today, but I mean, as soon as they're done celebrating tomorrow at the parade, I'm I'm, I'm sure they'll get right back after it, make some big time trades, have a even more competitive roster going in the next year.
1: Yeah, the uh, parade is tomorrow. It is in Arlington, by the way. Yes, we it is. We talked yesterday. Had some fun with that. There it would be in Dallas or Fort Worth. It is going to be in downtown Arlington. They're not downtown, right there, where all the stadiums are: Texas Live, Cowboys Stadium, and, and then. Of course, I'm assuming it'll be a, a parade, and then it'll end up in the in the in the building itself, with with the stands full, and do a celebration, and, and uh, probably the best. Open the roof. It's a beautiful day. That'd mm-hmm. be great.
2: Some decent odds. Hey, it could be the Rangers or the Astros. That rivalry. Meaning.
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, that's
2: that's how that's how good that rivalry is now with the Rangers being World Series champions. It's a beautiful thing. Sorry, Ty, to mention the Astros again.
1: I wonder if they could fill up Globe Life and uh, the other one, the ballpark at Arlington, which is now Choctaw Field. Fill them both up. Just take trips through both of them because they're right next to each other. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> is it uh, <laughs> still there? Is it still up? Oh, yeah. Okay. They still use it. Okay. Remember, the XFL played up in there. Oh. Bob Stoops won a championship in that building.
2: There you go. Hey, another Dallas team <laughs>
1: yeah. winning titles, baby. There you go. That's right. Another That's Dallas right. team winning titles. Hey, Jerry Jones, I'm bullish on this. Jerry Jones is on the clock. I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, he, he bought and uh, bought America's team, won three championships. but it's, Come on, he, Jerry. He's now been lapped by the rest of the pro sports teams in Dallas. They've all won one since he's gotten his team back there. Yeah, uh-huh. and he's, uh, he used to be more all-in than he is now. Seems like lately he's, uh, he likes his guys
2: a little too much, in my opinion. He loves his guys. Hey, like
1: Bullish or BS, guys, real quick. Is there anything the, the Big Ten can do legitimately to punish Michigan now? To is punish it, them? Yeah. Well, that's what the oh, that's what the coaches are asking for, I or something
2: to, to be done. You you almost have to release the information and the evidence you have if you're going to punish them. Right? You can't just punish them I on know. allegations and the court of public opinion. You got to have actual factual evidence, and you say, "All right, we'll punish you. We'll punish you because you broke the rules." And here are here are the instances where you broke the rules.
1: Well, I, I'm just taking the coaches' words in this conference call last night. They want them to take action. Yeah. No, I'm with Is, there, is you. there an action that they can take? That they should be taking right now uh, that would even minimize the the severity of this at all.
2: Your idea is the best idea. The communication headset idea. Other than that, if they punish them, you have to release the evidence as to why you're punishing them. Yep. Or there will be lawsuits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can't just put, And they're about to win. A, they could potentially pay for a title this year. You think they going to just roll over? No, man. Yeah, even if it's a title, you'll take the tainted title. You'll take the tainted title. That's why they re- they'd rather the NCAA take care of this because they know the NCAA will wait until after the season is over.
1: By the way, Ty, you should have been on this. On June 10th, a better at the Caesars Palace Sportsbook put 200 bucks that the Rangers would win the World Series. He just won 80 grand.
2: 80
1: grand. $80,000. Straight cash on me. Congrats to the Rangers. We're back. Hook them up. Tyler McComas previews Bedlam. We're talking Texas K-State.